0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chai with Champs podcast season one. I'm Ritika Agrawal, your host, where I sit down and have a virtual cup of tea with some of the most inspiring and successful individuals from around the world. Join me as I delve into their stories, explore their triumphs and challenges, and discover the ingredients that help brew them success. Whether you're an entrepreneur, an artist, an athlete, or simply someone looking to grow and improve, you'll find valuable insights and wisdom in every episode. So grab your cup of chai, sit back, and join me on this exciting journey. Hey, Carla. Welcome to the Chai with Chams podcast. It is such an honor to finally host you on season one. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Ritz. It's a pleasure being here and a pleasure being with you. You're such a champion of diversity, so I'm more than flattered to be a part of the season one.
0: Oh, Thank you so much. And honestly, before we even get started, I want to say that you are so, so, so inspiring. And you have been my role model since week one at the agency. So, I mean, I don't think our audience know what they're in store for, but you are incredible. And I'm so excited to bring you on.
1: Oh my gosh, a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate you. you are very inspiring too, uh, Ritz. Your story is absolutely great. And your passion for diversity and for, you know, being a outstanding professional uh, gives me nothing but a lot of joy. So Aw, thank you. you. Thank you so much.
0: Um, so as we get started, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, absolutely. I am uh, Carla Eboli. My pronouns are she and hers. I was born and raised in Brazil, um, lived in many different places in my country. And then in 2008, I moved to the United States. I used to work for a Dominican agency in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. It's a public relations agency called Ketchum. Uh, moved here to United States, to Dallas. Spent eight years uh, in Dallas and two uh, years, uh, two and a half years in New York, working for a multicultural shop called Dieste. And I have been with BBDO as their multicultural, EVP of multicultural diversity, equity and inclusion lead since um, like three years, three and a half years now. Um, I also have, you know, my Omnicon hat. I am part of a, open, which is our Omnicom People Engagement Network, which is a group of 38 um, um, diversity and inclusion uh, champions. I also have an ad color hat. I am a, on the board of ad color um, for, oh boy, four years now. So I have many hats and and I love that because my life is never boring. I am always flipping from one project to the other. So. It's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but cannot deny it's fun.
0: Hands down. That is truly amazing. And backing up a little bit. So you started your career in Brazil and now you are in Chicago. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And how did your career trajectory bring you to be leading multicultural advertising and impacting diversity and inclusion across communities?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I think that, That was a natural uh, trajectory. Um, I started my career as a journalist. Uh, That's I went to college, so all the students now in college for journalism remember there is much more than magazines, TV, and radio stations for you to work. Um, You know, we are primarily storytellers, so we can work in many different industries, right? So that is my my career, I, I went from, you know, from journalism to public relations, which is kind of a, you know, um, a parallel career, if you if you if you think. Um, and then when I started working for Ketchum, I really dedicated um, many, many hours of my of my nights. <laughs> um, end of the day, I used to stay to a little later at the agency, um, just studying um them International, uh, them Global documents and procedures and training. So, I really kind of carved time out of my life to invest in studying. So, that is my 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 second advice. You know, if you really want to jump in your career from you know one position to another to a you know good promotion or even move from one country to the other it's absolutely fundamental that you prepare yourself. Even more so if you're moving to a different country where the language is not your primary language. So at the same time that I was studying how how public relations work uh, in the United States, I was also trying to get my English better. So dedicated, cruel (laughs) hours uh, at that time I already had my daughter and thankfully I had you know the the support of my mom and my dad so third drop of advice here um, it takes a village so, Don't be afraid of raise your hand and ask support from your friends, from your family, from your teacher, from your professor. You know, find some, find your community, find your board of directors that will be there to support you and to elevate you. So with the help of my mom and my dad, the enthusiasm of my daughter, I end up preparing myself and start to kind of, you know, find my way up to you know, a better uh, position to a more you know international um, career, and uh, I was ready when the time came. So it was a combination of you know preparation and chasing uh, the right position, uh, chasing you know um, where I, I wanted to be in a short period of time, um, and I had some you know really good mentors that were helping me and also sponsors, um, which I think is also a great concept and things for us to think about. There is a very different, um, it's a very different concept. uh, Sponsorship and mentoring. So sponsorship is someone that will be there and it's gonna be ready for um, elevate you and help you to get your next job. Mm-hmm. when you are um, when you are, you know prepared to go, that is what you need. a sponsor, someone that will hold your hand and you know, based on your skills and your abilities, they will help you to get the next job. While a mentor is someone that is gonna be holding your hand throughout your career, not necessarily um, looking for, you know your, next job but would be someone helping you to um, navigate you know difficult moments navigate difficult situations difficult you know changings of job so make sure that you have both in your life a mentor someone that you know will be there whenever you have a struggle that can be your sounding board and also a sponsor so and i had both so here i am um Since 2008, when I moved here a lot and (laughs) good (laughs) days, bad days, a lot of tears, a lot of sweat and tears, but um, I would do it all over again.
0: That is amazing to hear. Thank you so much for all of that advice. I'm taking notes. I hope our audience is taking notes because this is really, really helpful for all the young professionals. And I think one thing a lot of young professionals fear of is how do they request for um, mentorship? How do they request for sponsorship? What does that next step look like for young professionals? So what would your advice be there?
1: I think there are a couple of uh, different ways, uh, Ritz. Um, so let's list a couple of um, of, um of the steps that I took. Uh, first and foremost, it can be part of an entity that will provide a mentoring program. So for instance, uh, here in Chicago, we have She Runs It, which mm-hmm. you are a part of it. Um, and they offer a mentoring program uh, as well as MAPE, as well as other, you know, uh, advertising and communications entities. And they're gonna match you with a, with a someone. So yeah. that is one way. The second way is someone that you um, you work with or you ad- admire that you can um, approach and say, I am preparing myself to, you know, to be promoted or to grow in my career. And I have been looking for a mentor. And, you know, based on your skills, based on your core values, based on what you believe, I think that you would be a good mentor for me. Would you... Uh, be okay and kind of, you know, giving me an hour of your, um, of your week or, you know, two hours of your month. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that anyone would say no <laughs> to y- a young and, you know, um, and pro- a young professional that is hungry for knowledge. Right. So those are two ways of, uh, of you to get a mentor in your, in your career. For you to get a sponsor, I think there is a little bit more of a, of, of a work behind it. You will have to prove yourself that when, when, when that person sends your name to someone saying, you know what, you should hire Ritz because of this, this, and that, they won't be embarrassed or disappointed. You won't let them down. You're going to deliver. So I think the sponsor is a mutual uh, choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's someone Someone that I, I chose It's someone that I, I stayed closed and, you know, I was giving her feedback of my work quite often yeah. so she could see how, you know, I was preparing myself to jump uh, to a different uh, job in, in a different country. And so that was, um, you know, my experience. So. Um, I strongly suggest um, uh, young professionals to join those entities where you can have a good yeah. network, where you might find a good mentor, but you might also find a sponsor, right? Mm-hmm. Someone a little bit more senior in their career that will recognize your talent and say, you know why? When I have an open position at my company or when someone comes to me, I will have Ritz in mind because she's such a talent professional. So networking, 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 that is the name of the game.
0: Yep, nobody can stress that more. It has to be networking. Um, Going back to being storytellers and journalism, and now it being really compiled as a whole, um, we have so many cultures, so many stories, and you and I have spoken this about a lot. It's not just diversity and ethnicity, but it's also diversity in thought and your background. How do young professionals make conscious decisions um, when they are talking about these stories? How can they kind of bring this to the audience in more fruitful ways and how can we include this in more um, more systematic manners in our everyday conversations?
1: Um, so I'm going to, there there would be like, you know, another three hours of conversations for us to uh, <laughs> think about it because it's such a, a great subject for us to unpack, uh, unpack. But let's put two ways, right? I think the f- first and foremost is research. You've got to learn about culture to write about it. You've got to understand. You've got to really dig deep so you can understand what you're talking about. So learn about it, research about it, and then you can start, you know, writing. When you're putting, the second step is whenever you're putting those things in the paper, consult. Find someone that belongs to the culture. Be respectful in asking for their advice, their knowledge, uh, and say, I'm writing an article or I'm writing a piece of content or I'm writing, you know, a, a new TV campaign. And I would love to have you as a consultant because this is focused on, you know, veterans or this is focused on single moms or this is focused on people that, you know, moved from a different country. Yeah. Uh, diversity, as you said, is, is, is a much bigger, you know, um, um um area than you know gender and ethnic uh, differences or you know um differences of thoughts is there's so much for us to unpacking that but it's uh it's absolutely fair and absolutely okay to ask for you know someone to be your consultant paid or unpaid, that is another, you know, conversation, you can pay someone financially, compensate them financially, or you can compensate compensate them putting their names in your work. So if you're at, you know, writing an essay um, at the end, just kind of say, you know, I consulted with the Ritz and with the tipping, you know, to write this paper and my, you know, my sincere thank you to my consultants right give credit to the people so you can also elevate their name so that i would say for me that's uh, how i generally do it um research learning the basics so when i put on the paper i can go to someone and ask them would you be my consultant would you take a look is it fair is it true is it you know authentic what i'm writing here
0: So it's really about being a hand raiser, about networking, building that community around you and making sure that you're really using them to their full potential with whatever ideas you may have.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And the networking, as you very well said, is how you build that, you know, group of diverse talent and diverse experts, if you will, around yourself, right? We generally tend to network with people around us that, end up looking like us yeah uh, or within our community that also tend to you know look and behave like us so that's it's important and and you know this networking Ritz doesn't need to cost you uh money you know yeah. there's so many entities um that are offering this this type of uh you know getting together um for free right yeah. so again um when you when you think about your your college campus, there are so many chapters that are like you know so many different um, uh, groups that are focused on diverse. So approach them. Say, yeah. I would love to be like you know part of your group to learn about your your culture. We tend to be part of uh, of the groups that you know are more similar to us in terms of behavior. So mm-hmm. that's something that I strong you know encourage people. Check with your teacher, check with your professor, you know, I would love to learn more about, you know, the Latino culture, or I would love to learn more about, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. How do I, you know, connect with them in a respectful way as an ally, as someone that want to learn about their culture so I can amplify their culture? Thank
0: you, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, we as individuals are making this conscious effort so that platforms like advertising, TV, social can truly make that impact in the society. Now you and I both come from very diverse countries, uh, but at least in my experience, diversity really focused on religion, age, and gender. Whereas in America, it's really focusing on bridging that gap between communities, bringing them together, and more so having conversations that we should have had, honestly, a long time ago. um, more about body diversity and neurodiversity microaggressions and so much more. Um, how do you think mainstream media has shaped this? And what are your hopes
1: from the future? Okay. Um, well, let me start with the last question. Um, my hopes for the future is that we have a much better understanding of the person who is seated uh, by my left side and by my right side. Mm-hmm. That's that's all that I hope that we really can understand, you know, a little bit better um, where people are coming from, uh, why they are, you know, why they act the way they do um, and respectfully, you know, discuss different ideas and increase my knowledge. So that is my hope for the future in terms of what I want for my life. In terms of how you know uh, the media is shaping you know diversity in terms of content, um, I think I think it's a it's a it's a work in progress, Ritz, yeah. and I don't think we're gonna ever end it because every single day you know another group of uh, another subgroup of a of of a cultural you know group emerges from, from, from culture and is going to get more and more granular. So think about when I think about Latinos or, you know, even when I think about Latina um, women from the, the Latinx community, there will be so many uh, subgroups of, of us, you know, the ones that are moms that are, the are, are the ones that are single moms. There are the ones that are moms of, you know, of, of, of Male kids, female kids, the the ones that are moms of kids that are, um, you know, uh, uh, moving from you know from one gender to another. You're gonna have women that are Latinas that were, are married to Americans, Latinas that are married to Europeans. So, I think that we're gonna be always shaping that content, depending yeah. of you know the audience that you that you would like to connect with. You're gonna be always learning and always shaping that. Um, overall i think that we are far from ideal i think that we still do not have the proper representation on media and um and content that we see out there yeah so that's another you know advice for a lot of uh, of, of of students you know we have to set some boundary boundaries for um, your digital time because we get bombarded with so many um uh so many pieces of content that looks like perfection yeah right um things that we were we were taught that were perfect so the perfect height the perfect weight the perfect hair the perfect skin color the perfect you know makeup and there's no such a thing yeah right so when we consume that amount of content and you know obviously looking from different platforms and different uh, um, uh, content creators, we have to be also very aware that sometimes things are not like they look like. So again, my my hope from a media standpoint is that with the evolution of content creators, we're gonna have more authenticity because people start to create content depending where, depending of their you know own Um, uh, diverse components, and therefore, we're going to have more authenticity and more, you know, content that comes from different, you know, uh, groups of people or different content creators that are more diverse.
0: That is so well said. And I think that is so important for like advertisers and clients to note too, because a lot of times it's a check in the box and you're like, well, we need somebody from the Latin community or we need some Asian. And it's just this one person. But like you rightly said, there could be a Latinx single mom. There could be an Asian woman married to an American or married to a a European. There's just so many diverse stories and those stories are ever evolving and ever changing. So it's really about tapping into that. That niche and tapping into each individual stories like it's so important to build that big community rather than segregating them into groups that they're asian or they're black or they're american like that's not how it works and i think it's important
1: absolutely and you said something that is very true in the united states the discussion of of diversity um diversity has a different meaning I think that around the globe, and this is something that I have been dedicating a lot of time to understand better, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not that the discussions are not happening. The discussions are happening around different topics. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I see a lot of my Asian leaders, uh, peers talking about, you know, not getting married when you are on, you know, in the middle of your 20s and beginning of your 30s, because that's what it's expected, you know, from a lot of women that comes from from Asia. There is the family expectations that they're going to get married and they're going to be happily, you know, ever after with the same husband. So there is a lot of different discussions around the world about topics that are not, you know, necessarily the same uh, issues that we are here. So, again, going back to my point, research. Yes uh, the more you're learning about the world, the better, the more you understand the diverse issues you know around the globe, the better you're gonna understand the ones that we are facing internally in our own country.
0: Very true. And I think with, like you said, about content creation as well previously, the whole dynamic of content creation, I mean, of course, I think 10 years ago, we started seeing that the world has come closer with platforms like Facebook. And now we're just consuming content on a day-to-day basis and learning about new diverse stories. Um, So it is very important to stay authentic and to know what's right and what's wrong. Um, And that brings me to my next point. Like, how does this, in your view, like impact the youth? And how do you think the youth can impact future clients? How can they make the work better? How what what is your take on that?
1: Um, so I think I think that you know the more diverse group of people we have in a room, the better the ideas will be. Mm-hmm. So when you have people with a different backgrounds different stories people that lived in certain communities that will bring that reality you know to an ideation room that's how you know young professionals will impact clients yeah because obviously you know if we always tell the same stories in the same way we're going to be only only you know impacting or reaching a certain group of consumers yeah and the reality of our 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 country and even, you know, the global reality is that the world is a very different place right now. We have people, you know, moving uh, left and right to different cities, different countries. And and, um, again, the granularity of diversity is so big right now Mm -hmm. that the more, you know, people you have in a room with a different and diverse backgrounds, the better. So that is how I think that, you know, young professionals will be um, impacting. And the second thing is, it doesn't make any sense if you are in a room and you do not raise your hand to to share your point of view. Yeah. So, and that can be also intimidating. So think about the is your first job uh, and it's my first job. Let me talk about myself so I, I keep, you know, the examples real, but I also not want to offend anyone with a, a perception of uh, how I, I, I picked some some stereotypes. But it's my first job. I'm a Latina. I have an accent. English is not my first language. I'm in a room with, you know, a very diverse group of people, some of them extremely senior. I am in a room that the chief creative officer is is there presenting, you know, some scripts or some ideas. I have a creative director. I have, you know, also a um, intern. um, And I'm seeing something on the screen that looks offensive for women. Right. And the first reaction that I, Carla, you know, would do is like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Because if I say something, you know, it's my first job. What if I say something that offends the chief good officer? What if I say something that offends, you know, the creative director? So it's very intimidating, right? Um, so I think that is the moment that you really have to bring your 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 full self to the table. Yeah. Raise your hand and say, "Can I share my experience as a young Latina uh, living in America?" When I look at this, you know, piece of content, it seems to me that, you know, you might be not conveying the message that you were trying to convey. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can give your opinion without being, you know, disrespectful to anyone in the room. It's always about can I share my experience and based on my experience, what I am seeing in my community, this means XOXO. In, in my neighborhood or, you know, the country that I came from, this image that I'm seeing here means, you know, XOXO. So, again, it's not being intimidated by the situation or uh, the casting in the room and yeah. always talk on first person. Right. This is what you know, what I see and what my community will see. So I just wanna share this with you because I think that's probably the reason why you hire me is because you want a voice of a, of a young Latina female that you know comes from a different country that is an immigrant. So that's how I would approach uh, the situation.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing such a personal example. That actually brings me to my next question. Um, Advertising used to be a male-dominating industry. What made you choose a field in communications? And what were some of the obstacles you faced as a woman of color?
1: Mm, I think that there's still some dominance, some male dominance in our industry. Um, I don't want to deny that. When you look at, you know, top CEOs of advertising agencies, they still are you know the pretty uh, the the majority are you know male when you look at you know the top 5 holding companies communication holding companies the CEOs are all men yeah so i think that the industry is still male dominant what what i think we are seeing it's more men preparing you know the next generation of leaders and including more women in that preparation, they Mm -hmm. have been, you know, um, uh, intentionally uh, preparing women to ascend to see sweet roles, right? Um, Again, it's still far from, uh, from, from perfect. Um, But that is why I keep on saying that my, my objective in life. And my, you know, my goal in life is to prepare the next generation of uh, women leaders. Um, Barriers that I had to overcome a couple of them, you know, first and foremost, understanding that being not only a a woman of color, but also an immigrant, right? So it starts with the visa process something that you know people don't talk that often. The visa process is is cruel. Yeah. You have to put so many papers together to get your you know your green card or eventually your citizenship. It's very painful. So um, it can be very discouraging, right? The second barrier that I that I faced was my accent. Many people made me feel less valued or less important. Because I have a strong accent, mm-hmm. so I had to really be strong-minded, and it took me a while. Ritz, yeah. it, it didn't happen on my on my first second second year in in United States. So I. St- strongly encourage young professionals that are coming from a different country, uh, or even even coming from a different city, right? If you were raised, you know, in a different city that it's not New York, most likely you're gonna get to New York and people will say, where are you from? Yeah, right, because you have an accent because you're raised in a different city. So I strongly, uh, you know, encourage people to understand that their accent and the the place that they're coming from is a superpower. It's not a minus is a plus. So whatever you go, go, you know, understanding how much value you're adding to the table. Third um, barrier was my my personality. I'm very bubbling, I'm very vibrant, you know, I tend to have a smile on my face, um, which sometimes, you know, can be perceived as being weak, right? And, And even more so in my generation, I'm 51 years old. Women, my generation was raised to be very strong. We didn't talk about family. We didn't talk about period. We didn't didn't talk about, you know, kids or parents and the struggles that we were having with them. Um, We were as vanilla as you can get. We had to. So I never really, um, I don't think I ever commanded a room with, you know, strong voice, I, I ever commanded a room with, uh, you know, sympathy, empathy and a smile on my face. And I was called out once, someone came to me, I CEO you and said, you, you sound very intelligent, but you smile too much. People wow. won't, you know, take you serious. And here I am, I guess enough people took me serious, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe some people didn't and it, it's fine, you know, it's impossible to please everybody around you. Yeah. And that is another uh, thing that we have to be aware. Um, I, I tend to be a people's pleaser. I want to kind of you know bring everybody together and making sure that everybody's feeling you know comfortable. And sometimes it's not about me. it's about the people in the room. They just don't want to. Yeah. They just don't want to be part of a community. So um, hopefully that th- those you know examples and advice will help um, young professionals,
0: Yeah, that was a very relatable story. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, as a woman of color myself and coming to the States when I was 18, there were similar struggles that I faced. And I remember one of them was always, you know, you speak really well in English. And that was something that I constantly heard. And And you don't realize how problematic it is till you actually start out and you start commanding, which does take a lot of time. And I'm still in that process. So just hearing from you and hearing your struggles um, helps me understand how I can carve a path for myself. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Absolutely. One thing that I also learned, uh, uh, Ritz, and I'm going to share it with everybody uh, in your audience is that the more I showed my weakness to the world, the stronger I felt. Yeah. So don't be afraid to share, you know, your fears, your weakness, you know, because that is not what will define you. What will define you is your strength, is your, you know, uh, focus and dedication and get to where you want. And it doesn't need to be the same place that I want to go. It doesn't need to be, you know, a... Uh, professional career, you can be whatever you want, as mm-hmm. long as you are dedicated and focused in getting there. So don't be afraid anyone to share your your struggles, because uh, the, the more you share, the stronger you're going to feel.
0: Being vulnerable is a strength.
1: Um, Absolutely. Very well said.
0: And just to wrap up this amazing episode, I want to ask what fills Carla's Cup of Success?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Seeing people like you, Ritz, seeing other uh, young women, you know, being strong, positioning themselves, raising their hands and bringing their full self to to work. Um, Seeing, you know, when I get inside of of the agency, and I see so many um, uh, diverse talent from 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 Many different perspectives that would take me an hour to list all the diverse, you know, um, community that we have within the agency. But I see that people, you know, feel 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 comfortable being themselves uh, at the place that I that I work. So um, to fill my cup, you know, it seems that that it's it doesn't take that much. But it does, because it's not all places that you go that you see, you know, people that are diverse, people that do not look like you yeah. um, or that, that do not sound like you or do not, you know, come from the same background like you. So um, so it, it really makes me very happy when I go to a conference such as at Color. Yeah. And I see, you know, the futures and they are so diverse and they are not being afraid of being who they are. When I see a piece of content that is someone sharing their stories and it's so authentic, so human, um, that kind of you know touches my heart. And I see that person in a creative room, you know, telling those stories, and that stories will be reflecting, you know, the an entire community. So um, yeah, that's uh People like you, that's what fuels oh. my cup.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Carla. That is so sweet of you. With that, we're, we're ending, wrapping up this episode. Um, thank you so much for being a part of it. And there were such great insights shared by you. Thank you for being so authentic, like you rightly said. Um, I, I feel honored to have had this conversation with you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for, you know, let me use your platform. I always uh, finish, you know, Um, my presentation saying that, uh, your, 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 your brain, your mind is the most valuable piece of real estate in this world. And you just gave me, you know, a couple of inches, uh, for me to plant a seed in your real estate. So I hope that this seed, you know, flourishes and grow. And, you know, when, when, when you're ready, you start, you know, uh, sharing and giving back to the community so thank you i'm flattered i'm you know i take this with a lot of responsibility because what i say impact people's life so i don't take those things for granted and i'm very careful with the things that i say because i want to impact people um uh positively so this means a lot to me that you're going to be sharing this you know that we are sharing this content with young professionals i just hope that the seed really grows as strong inside of uh, all of you